Hi, I'm Carla Wainwright. And I'm Little Leah. And welcome to the Radical Sex Witches podcast, where we explore the themes of sexuality, feminism, consciousness, love, healing, ritual, magic, and all things witchy and wonderful. Hello, all you cheerful coochies. Welcome to another episode of the Radical Sex Witches. I'm still tired and little Leah and with me as always is the gorgeous and bright beaming ray of sunshine, Carla Wainwright. Yeah, I don't know about that, but thank you. I'm wearing black. I'm wearing all black today, so ray of sunshine, yeah. (laughs) Here comes the rain cloud, Carla Wainwright. Yeah, thank you. Debbie Downer. (laughs) Me and my sad trombone. (laughs) Uh, But fortunately, we got some hot goss on the radical sex witches today. It's not going to be so much. I'm sure there'll be lots to giggle about. You've likely heard of the word concubine, a woman who cohabits with a man without being legally married to him. But how about? I can't even say this. Concubinage? Is that how you say it? Concubinage. Yeah, or concubinage. I don't know. Binage. Concubinage. I, Ooh. Like Mickey Minaj. <laughs> <Minage. laughs> I have no idea. Mm. I actually don't know how to say it. Concubinage. We're going to say it like that the whole episode. <laughs> Which is the state of being a concubine. It all sounds like it's from another time. But did you know that the term concubinage... <laughs> It's still used today to define you, your relationship status in many countries, on official government documents even. So in this episode, we're getting into the nitty gritty and absurdity of relationship terms and transgressions. Carla, you concubinage. I know you are one. <laughs> I am. I am. So, okay, a little backstory. The reason we're doing this episode is that um, at the end of the December... I was traveling from my parents' place and I was at the Vancouver airport and I needed to speak to, uh, to one of the agents at the airline. And um, as he was doing whatever he was needed to do, I noticed that there was a piece of paper taped onto the side of, you know, their, their plexiglass thing. And in the middle were the uh, requirements to enter the Dominican Republic. And so it said on this piece of paper, and I took a picture of it, um, when you start filling out the form, these are your most typical questions. One, civil status. And these were the options. Married, single, concubinage, reunion, others. And I looked at that list and I'm like, what is this? This is insane. I, How how is this even an option? So, of course, I sent a picture and sent it to Leah right away. <laughs> My first question was, you're in a Dominican? Like, it just like totally like glazed right over me. <laughs> no, like, I wish no, I was in Dominican. Word. Yeah, so I was like, this is crazy. I, I I can't even believe that we're in 2024 and this is a thing. So then that made me really curious and I started to look it up. And as you will see in this episode, um, it is actually a term that's used today. And uh, I think many people will actually find that they might actually be in this kind of uh, relationship with somebody. <laughs> yeah, so as per Wikipedia, concubinage, I can't say this word normally, sorry. Concubinage <laughs> means an interpersonal and sexual relationship between two people in which the couple does not want or cannot enter into a full marriage, which is essentially what many of us know and know as common law. Yeah, so almost 
I thought that's what it was when we were initially talking, but it, it's not quite. So concubinage, I'm not going to be able to say it properly either. Concubinage. <laughs> Drink every time it, we say it, concubinage. <laughs> it's going to become a drinking game. Um, it, it differs from common law relationships uh, where couples cohabit without formalizing their union through marriage. So in common law, the couple is generally considered equal in legal standing, sharing rights and responsibilities similar to those in formal marriage. So in Canada, it's like that. Uh, concubinage, on the other hand, may carry different legal implications with varying degrees of recognition and societal acceptance. So that is a big difference. So uh, it's a little bit sad because I, 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 you know, I'm in a common law relationship. And I thought, ooh, now I can just say I'm like in a concubinage relationship. Carla the concubine. I know. I think, what did you call me? Cunty Carla concubine or something? I did. That was the second thing I went off and after like, you know. Some alliteration. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's get to some history. Uh, so the term, as we're calling it today, concubinage. <laughs> has its linguistic origins in Latin, uh, of course, the language of ancient Rome. And so the word is derived from the Latin term concubinatus, which referred to the state of cohabitation or domestic partnership. So in Roman times, uh, concubinage was recognized in a formalized arrangement, but it did lack legal status. And we found this also present in many other ancient civilizations like Mesopotamia, ancient Greece, ancient China, ancient Judaism, and even the Vikings. I read a whole section about uh, concubines and Vikings. Um, part of the reason they like to rape and pillage. So they take all these women back and then have all their concubines. That was a big thing. Yeah. So in these societies, concubines were women who lived with a man in a recognized and enduring relationship. And the practice served several different purposes. So one was bearing legitimate heirs. In some instances, often they were not legitimate, but sometimes they were. And also solidifying social and political alliances. Fucking for the crown. Fucking, fucking, fucking. <laughs> you get more than cows when you're fucking, fucking concubinage. <laughs> I'm on like five hours of sleep. So travel with me as we go through the four distinct forms of concubinage that have been defined. So we're going to start off with the royal concubinage, where politics was connected to reproduction. Oh, literally what I just said. Concubines became consorts to the ruler, fostered diplomatic relations, and perpetuated the royal bloodline. Imperial concubines could be selected from the general population or prisoners of war. Great. Examples of this included Imperial China, Ottoman Empire, and the Sultanate of Kano. Now we've got the elite concubinage, which offered men the chance to increase social status and satisfy desires. Most men already had a wife. Shocker. <laughs> concubinage could be a form of common law relationship that allowed a couple who did not wish to marry to live together. And this was prevalent in medieval Europe and colonial Asia. So in Europe, some families discouraged younger sons from marriage to prevent the division of family wealth among many heirs. Hmm. And concubinage also functions as a form of sexual enslavement of women in a patriarchal system. In these cases, the children of the concubine would become permanently inferior, oh great, to the children of the wife. Examples include pastimes in India and Korea. 
None of this mm-hmm. shocks me. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, yeah, we'll get to some reflections on that at the end. But yeah, I, you know, anyway, I'm just rolling my eyes. Okay. <laughs> Don't roll them um, out of your head, bitch. Keep them in there. That's right. So there's a couple more distinctions to make that, you know, this the title of this podcast is uh, Concubines, Courtesans, and Adulterers. Adulterers. So I thought, okay, well, now we have all these four different kinds of of concubines. So, you know, how is that different from a courtesan? So there is a difference. So uh, a courtesan is a woman who's like the Renaissance version of a multi-talented superstar. So she's smart, she's educated, she's often skilled in artsy stuff and playing music. And courtesans would hook up with the high and mighty for companionship, some deep talks, and maybe some romance on the side. Um, so both courtesans and concubines are non-marital relationships, but concubinage is like the long, uh, the long-term deal. It's it's more enduring and domestic. And on the flip side, courtesan relationships are more usually more temporary. So uh, concubinage is like the more committed. We're in this for the long haul situation, and the courtesan thing was more of a temporary fling, you know, with all of the benefits that went along with that. And I think that concubines, uh, sorry, courtesans were uh, like really venerated, like courtesans were a big deal and held held a lot of positions of power, especially in, well, I guess, yeah, in, in royalty circles. Rich and business. Mom. Everything I know about courtesans, I learned from Moulin Rouge starring Ewan McGregor and Nicole Kidman. <laughs> That's no bullshit. Also, did you know? Then it can't be very much because... <laughs> Fucking everything at the Moulin Rouge. You have fun. I hate musicals, but I fucking love singing along to that movie. And I just found out, thanks to Boy George, this they're putting Moulin Rouge onto Broadway, and he is going to be playing Zidla. Oh, I know, right? Love to see that. I would shit my pantaloons. Shit him. Well, can I just as an aside, which has nothing to do with this, but I did see Spamalot with Tim Curry on Broadway in New York. Oh my god, bitch! And. And David Hyde Pierce and and wow. uh, Hank Azaria and blew my mind. It was like one of the best best nights of my life. Yeah, I'd probably have to strap on a diaper if I got to see like a live version of Moulin Rouge. Anyways, yeah. that's that's my extensive education on the courtesans. <laughs> they all die from tuberculosis at the end, and everyone's sad. Just kidding. <laughs> probably a lot of them did. A lot of people died of tuberculosis. Uh. Stop them in the 19th century now. Okay. Let's let's reel it back in here. And how about a concubine and an adulterer? So adultery is like classic cheating. A married person gets romantically involved with someone other than their spouse. On the flip side, concubinage is a bit more structured. It's about having this recognized, not formalized partnership that might or might not involve involve a married person. The big deal here is how society and the law see these relationships. So adultery is generally frowned upon across the board, but concubinage acceptance varies. Some places might be cool with it, while others not so much. The bottom line, one's a secret affair and the other is a kind of recognized unofficial thing. Mm-hmm. And and notice this all just goes one way, by the way. Yeah, and the benefit of the man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah, no men wearing the scarlet letter. Yeah, no shit. Again, shocker. Yeah, 
Yeah. So, uh, and, and I mean, so so these rules are um, okay. I, I just made a note here at the bottom. I just want to look at it first. So yeah, there's this law of Moses. So I was reading something. It's like, well, why is it okay? Why does the Bible say it's okay to have a concubine, but you know, then you're not an adulterer? Because there was some kind of like law of Moses that said it was fine. So these like crazy laws that a bunch of guys just put together. Um, no, uh, you know, this like this person, this woman's my concubine. So we're not adulterers, you know, like it's just like bullshit all the same. It's not fucking- the, I'm like, I don't buy into the whole adulterer thing anyway, but you know, like whatever. Okay. So, um, even though it seems very archaic, the, the reality is, is that we still have modern day concubinage around the globe as evidenced by that piece of paper outside the WestJet counter <laughs> for the Dominican <laughs> Republic. <laughs> um, so even, you know, places in Asia, you might still catch a glimpse of something like this. And it's not always about following ancient traditions. Sometimes it's sort of a blend of cultural practices and finding legal loopholes. Um, so Formal polygamy is usually regulated in almost all countries, um, but informal relationships uh, without, with or without legal recognitions can still happen. So again, this is like another way we bypass the, you know, the rules. Um, not that I think there needs to be rules, but you know, like I just think it's just a, it's just a convenient way to have your filing your taxes. Too. Are you a concubinage? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Okay, so if you you have places like Dominican Republic that have concubinage as a choice of civil union on their customs form, but then we have a place like the Philippines where adultery and concubinage are crimes against chastity, crimes against chastity under the revised penal code. Yeah, so some places it's listed on your customs form, so it's probably considered to be okay. And then other places it's uh, actually considered a crime mm-hmm. with pretty hefty fines. So I'm going to just share, this is from uh, the Philippian um, Commission on Women. So they say, although these crimes are of the same nature, this is about um, adultery and concubinage. Um, so although these crimes are of the same nature and both constitute infidelity, there's a higher burden put on women, wives, and men and husbands. This disparity in the treatment of these laws has a huge underlying difference if the infidelity was committed by the male, which is considered concubinage, or female, which is then considered adultery. Um, and in the imposition of penalty, which is ha- far heavier for adultery compared to concubinage. Oh, my God. I know. The crime of adultery is easier to prove as the husband must only prove that his wife had sexual intercourse with a man other than him. For concubinage, the wife has to prove first that her husband has committed either to one, uh, sorry, either one or all of the following has kept a mistress, a mistress in a conjugal dwelling, had sexual intercourse under scandalous circumstances, I don't know what that means, and or had lived together with his mistress in any other place. In adultery, the penalty is the same for both the guilty wife and her paramour, which is imprisonment for a maximum period of six years. But in concubinage, the penalty for the guilty husband is lower by one degree, which is imprisonment for a maximum period of four years and one day only while his concubine is given a separate penalty, uh, which is banishment and not imprisonment. Wow. And just to finish this piece here, that the legislative, they they had put in some, I don't know if it was them or some group had put in legislative proposals to repeal these provisions. 
on adultery and concubinage, um, but they uh, they're they've been filed, but they're just on hold. They're pending. You know, if you're traveling anywhere in the world, be smart. Look up the laws and stuff, and I mean, what what people go to jail yeah. for. What's punishable there? Like literally, like something that you think here is not a big deal does not mean in some of those places it's not. So, totally. That's my advice on that. Really fucked up scenario what was that movie midnight mm. guy who smuggles heroin and ends up in a prison Mid- uh mm. midnight express yeah midnight express oh billy <laughs> <laughs> then the cable guy that make fun of that so he sticks his titty up against the window oh billy oh <laughs> uh, you really are tired <laughs> But also, like, movies is my useless talents. I mean, if you couldn't tell about my Moulin Rouge rendition about courtesans, courtesans, he he he, ha ha ha, Sounds like Lick, Nicki Mullah. I can't even talk. That actually, like, <laughs> baguette, ha 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 ha, from Flight of the Conqueror. Wee oui, wee, oui, ha ha, ha. <laughs> see, pee pee, me me, fucking put me out of my misery. <laughs> wow, are you still listening out there? <laughs> They're fucking listening. Someone sprayed the coffee out of their mouth this morning listening to us. And I'm not sorry about it either. Anyways, all these roles and their distinctions are clearly the ideas of men. Yeah. I also wonder in some cases in like, you know, older civilizations, talking about the ones that had status and power and whatnot, like... Some women probably had the upper foot in making some of these decisions to be able to keep like, you know, well, here's the loophole. We don't want this scandal breaking out. So here's a rule. And, you know, I own these things and you own these things. You know, we watch what's it called? Fucking Bridgerton. All those people are fucking for something, right? Like. Oh, absolutely. And a lot of women. I mean, this is a thing is like when you were listing those four different kinds of concubinage uh categories or whatever you want to call them i mean some would have been quite advantageous to women but Mm -hmm. a lot of them were horrible and hellish oh of course they are yeah so for sure there would be some in certain cases uh, an advantage um and in lots of cases not so yes but it's just it it just seems like a lot of sort of creative um creative definitions and ways to yeah like i said earlier to oh, it's okay for it me too. but not for you yeah yeah so interesting so um, i'm wondering you know those of you out there in listener land did you even know that this was a thing are you in a concubinage relationship do you want to be a concubinage <laughs> Well, guess what? Next time on the Radical Sex Witches, we've got another bad babe of history feature for you. And this one is all the wild stories of a woman named Candy Jones. Mm-hmm. Was she a concubinage? You will have to tune in to find out. <laughs> oh, my fake French accent. I am little Leah. Concubinage. <laughs> and I'm Carla. This <laughs> <laughs> started so loud. We are the Radical Sex Witches, and we will (laughs) see you next time. Hello, witchy listener. It's Carla here. If you're feeling disconnected from pleasure and unfulfilled in life, reach out to me and let's connect on a free call. 
I love helping women like you shift to owning your sexual power, reconnecting to your body, and finding your unique radical sex switch within. Go to CarlaWainwright.com or find my contact info in the show notes. Let's co-create a life for you that is truly turned on.